0: Get ready to rock. Radio. John, could you tell us um, about when you first started playing guitar? I think I'm right in saying that you started, you know, like most guitarists, most um, professional guitarists, you know, you started at an early age. But when did yeah. you think you could actually make a living out of it?
1: Well, that was uh, that was when we first... Uh, we were, we were in, a, in, a, in a rock band competition in Sweden and uh, that was broadcasted on, on tv and this was in 82 and it was like 4,000 bands that, that was you know involved in this and um and we won that competition and uh the, the first uh, the prize was to record an album and uh, so uh, we did the first europe album and after that you just kind of we did a tour on that one and then it kind of just That's when I started, you know, make a living of it. I've been doing it uh, since um, professionally, I should say, since '82.
2: Right, right. The album came
1: out in February. um, uh, '83. Twenty-third, because I remember this in '83 because it's my birthday, so that's that's why I remember (laughs) it. Otherwise, otherwise, I usually never remember the date. So I've been doing it ever
2: since, professionally. So.
0: But before that, you were. um I think you sort of went through a bit of a punk phase, didn't you? This was probably when you were in your l- sort of mid-teens, I suppose, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that was in in seventy-seven, seventy-eight. Uh, <laughs> for about one e- uh, for for one year, I was uh, I was a punk rocker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Only <laughs> well, for one year. Just,
1: though. Uh, r- that was just around the time of Sex Pistols and Clash and those bands came out, and I really like I really liked those bands a lot, so I, I was totally into that and Ramones and
2: you
1: know, so um. But and I still like that uh, that stuff, especially Sex Pistols. You know, when you listen to that stuff today, it's very, you know, it's you know, it's rock basically.
0: Yes, you can certainly um, get the energy levels of it, can't you? You
1: know, it's. Oh the, yeah.
0: Was it popular in um, Scandinavia?
1: Oh yeah, mm. it was very big here.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, Sex Pistols, they came over here and played live and stuff. I mi- unfortunately I missed that show, because I was in the hospital at the time. ah uh. Uh, so I missed it. <laughs> I was a real troublemaker when I was younger, so I was always in trouble all the time. So I've been in the hospital. I don't know how many times. You my so my mom was a nervous wreck. Okay. But I calmed down a lot since <laughs> I started getting into um, I started getting into bands like UFO and yes. Lizzie and Deep Purple. And actually, I was into those bands before the punk thing came came mm. along too. You know, but not as much as later on. So uh, and uh, I, I was. I was very lucky that my my mom at the time was in a relationship with uh, with a guy that had uh, that worked at record companies. He always brought home albums all the time, and so, so check this out. And he worked at CBS Records in in the seventies, and uh, so he brought home uh, no heavy Petting with a UFO, and then I was just totally hooked on that. You know, I started like playing along to that album a lot, and you know, learning all the Michael Schenker solos and things like that. You know oh, right. So, that's really when I started getting into the solo bit because, in the beginning, I, I was only playing rhythms like, you know, playing, you know, um, like Elvis stuff, you know, things that my mom had at home. You know. Then I discovered, you know, like um, Made in Japan, and I was very much into Richie Black more or less. Yes.
0: Yeah. Now, what about um, learning the guitar? I mean, were you self taught? Did you have lessons?
1: No, never had any lessons.
2: Ah. No, just
1: very. Uh, very ambitious and very stubborn when I was younger. And I just kept doing it, you know, over and over again. I I couldn't, I could not put, put it down, the guitar. I was just totally obsessed with it. So I just kept playing and every day and just playing along with, with albums and stuff like that. And so that's, that's how it just came about and watching, you know, uh, rock shows on TV and things like that. I cannot read, I can't read read music or anything like that, but I I noticed at a very early age that I had a very good ear. I I usually picked up stuff really quickly. I mean, I mean, like, uh, I used to play along to the UFO live, album, Strangers in the Night. It's like every day I would just keep going and going and going and, you know, and, uh, after a pretty, pretty short while there, I started picking up, I mean, I started learning the whole album, every every solo that Michael Schenker did on that album, you know. And so, yeah, that's how it started. It's just, you know, just very, just very into it, you know. It was just the only thing I was thinking about day and night, you know, We're just playing guitar all the time, so. Get ready to rock radio.
0: John, the the Docking gig was probably quite different to what you'd experienced before, and I, I can understand it. it must have been a great experience because you were touring widely with, with the band. And of course they were still, a, and they still are a major name, but certainly at that time, you know, on the back of the George Lynch uh, episode, you know, they were still a, a major name touring in the, the 1990s. So, I mean, did you enjoy that aspect or did that get a bit tiring after a while?
1: No, I really enjoyed it a lot. I I thought it was great. We we had a we had a great time doing that tour after after the album came out and everything. It was great, and also uh, uh, I got to. uh, We had such a great band. We had such a great live band, you know. And with Peter Baltus on bass from Accept, uh, Mickey D on drums, which is you know in Motorhead now. Oh yes, been in Motorhead for forever. And uh, well, at least probably 15 years now, or something, you know, something like that. Anyways, so and um and also there was another guitar player, Billy White, who was from Texas, which was really cool. So that we could get to do some, you know, a lot of harmony stuff together. Mm. Being a Lizzie freak, that was just perfect, you know. So uh, it I was it was a great tour. We had a lot of fun on that tour.
2: And actually, I was
0: looking at, um, I've got, just as an aside, I've got a, a CD of the uh, the Dokken album, you mentioned it actually, which was um, uh, Long Way Home. Yeah. Now, there's tour dates on the cover of this, as they do, you know, they put on a sticker, and yeah. uh, this is actually May 2002, I don't know whether you, I mean, it's probably about the right time, uh, do you remember?
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was... Uh, it's it was around that. Yeah. time we did the, the tour. Well,
0: the reason I I'm, I'm sort of particularly interested it was only a few dates actually in the UK. You know, um
2: Yeah. Yeah, we didn't do many dates. I, I think it
1: was only what can it be? Like uh, three, four, five, maybe something like yes.
2: that. Yeah. But like, I I, I,
1: remem- I only remember uh, one of them and and uh uh, actually, I rem- remember two of them. <laughs> huh? uh, two of them I remember. So it wasn't that many days in the UK. No, we did one in in London, which was uh, a, a tiny little place. Uh, I think it's called Underworld. You're, like you're
0: exactly right, John. You've got a good memory. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then we did um, and we did uh, the Cavern Club in Liverpool. Now
0: that's right? the one that I find particularly interesting because that's not very far from where I live, you know, and it's like a local oh. venue. And blimey, you know, when you look back on gigs you've missed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 'cause that must have been uh, quite interesting for you, Liverpool and uh, oh,
2: yeah you know, with all the great.
0: musical it connections really nice. it, it
2: yeah. was you know just being being
1: there for for the first time too, it was just like walking around the city and stuff and all this beatles um memor memorabilia style you call it yeah.
2: Yeah, that's right, uh,
1: this, yeah. You had the, with John Lennon Street and whatever, you, all that, all that <laughs> stuff. And just being in the same place as the Beatles were playing, you know, the Cavern Club was great, even though he's been rebuilt and everything.
2: Yeah, you know. that's right.
1: But, uh, you know, I just remember that Mick Brown, you know, he, because he's a huge Beatles fan, you know, uh, the drummer in Dockin. Yeah. He just... Uh, he walked up on stage, which which was the stage that the Beatles played on, because it was the, like right next to it, you know. It was like uh, they had the old one and the new one, the rebuilt one, and so he just walked up there and it's like, oh man, I just got to stand here with Ringo, you know. <laughs> Ringo was standing here, you know, in the 60s and stuff, and then he walked off that little stage, and then he's like, oh, I have to get back up there again. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it was just kind of funny, still there, you know. Yes. Yeah you know one of his idols you know?
0: oh it is quite unique that now on yeah. the last tour with Dokken I think um, I've read somewhere that you injured your hand
1: there was just some uh, thing that Don Dokken pulled you know ah because I said um, that when we were in Gothenburg uh, kind of like the end of the tour it was only I think it was only like three or four gigs left uh, and then after that it was going to be an American tour Uh uh like festivals and things like that and about that time i was already i was so tired of it you know i was just getting sick of it again and <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: well you know don is not the easiest person to work with you know mm-hmm. i mean he had, i always said this about don he has a heart of gold and head of wood so you know he he means well you know but some but he's very moody you know he's yes. very up and down all the time and just traveling with him all the time with this moodiness and
2: mm.
1: all this stuff and he's just like you know he, uh, he he did a lot of weird stuff you know and and uh, so I said that I, so I had a meeting with him I said like well I I don't think this this is no fun anymore you know mm. I think I'm just going to leave and and uh, do something else now and uh, he was quite upset so um, so he didn't want me to even finish the last two three four gigs oh. that was on the European tour So because he was so upset you know so uh, I said well I finished the tour I said of course you know but I won't go to America but he he, uh, he didn't even want that he just wanted me to just kind of leave right there and then
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because he has his, he has his pride, you know. Mm. You know he can he cannot. I couldn't just say, well, I'll finish the tour and then I'm
1: off. But he has to kind of finish it right. And well, if you're not if you're not going to continue and do the American tour, then then you just might as well just end it right here. So I think I just did one show after the Gothenburg thing, and uh, then I'd left, and then I brought this, and they called up this uh, Italian guy. Which I can't remember the name of. So he came in in the band and uh, finished the last three or four shows in Europe. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know. So, but I was just glad to get out of there at the time because it's just it was just it was just too much. I been I've been doing it for a year and with the recording and the writing and everything, and it, it was just it was no fun anymore. It's just Don can be Don can be very difficult to work with. Yes. Yeah. So, but. Uh, But at the same time, we had a lot of great times together, too, you know. We had a lot of fun, especially on that tour we did in 97, 98. That one was great. And the first one we did in in 91, 92 was also really, really good. You know, people change, you know, a little bit, and and, uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know. That's the way it goes. But at the same time, I didn't feel like I was going to stay forever there anyways, you know, so... Mm. So so that's what happened. So he just came up with this story, like, well, he's injured his hand. And and so it was just... Just to give
0: an explanation, really, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get ready to rock radio. Now let's uh, conclude our chat, John, by asking you a bit more about your guitar playing. Because I have to say, really, that you're not um, a household name, really, when it comes to guitar heroes in in terms uh, of like people who are starting out playing the guitar i mean the fact yeah. is that you need to be discovered by people and then when people discover you um yeah. they realize just what a fantastic player you are now i've heard um i mean and this is firsthand i mean for instance the uh, the amet brothers from arch enemy uh, yeah. they refer to you as an influence and and many other uh, bands do and it seems al- almost that you're fellow professionals recognize this more than the the the, the listener really because oh, yeah, totally. you know do you agree with
1: that oh yeah yeah totally yeah you know and that's uh you know it it, it doesn't bother me at all you know i mean when it is it, uh, you know it's great when uh, when other guitar players come up like Doug aldrich's red beach and and uh, like uh, Michael Adams and people like that, are just Michael Schenker and people, they come up to me. say, Man, you played great! It's like wow. this like Doug Aldridge said uh, a couple of a couple of weeks ago. He said when we did a sh- uh, when we did a show with them. He said, "Man, John, you sounded great. Well, you almost sounded too good. I don't even want to go up there." <laughs> <laughs> so that that makes you you know that makes you feel good. Yes. Eight. But obviously, I mean, it would be great, you know, if, uh, and I, you know, the, the obviously, I mean, the, the Europe fans that knows about Europe, they, of course, they they know about my, my playing and everything, but like you said, you know, I'm I'm not a household name like uh, Eddie Van Halen or uh, <laughs> Richie Black or something like, something yeah. like that, you know. But uh, I think it also had a lot to do with maybe that, uh, that guitar, guitar hero thing, just kind of, when the Nirvana came along, you know, it just kind of uh, that thing just took over, and it wasn't not supposed to be anymore guitar heroes, or guitar solos, or anything like that, you know. So it's kind of, you know, that's maybe kind of, kind of where I had my chance to get out to, you know, to the mainstream, so to speak. But but it never bothers me, you know. I, I'm I'm um, I first of, first first of all, I like, I like just like to. Be happy with my playing, my just to please myself for start. You know, it might sound kind of egotistical, but but uh, that's and then when other people like it, uh, then it's just the icing on the cake. You know, so that's great. But uh, yeah, so I guess I'm a little bit kind of an underground hero. You know,
2: but I think (laughs) Which is uh, kind of cool. Yes.
0: Well, I think your time is actually going to come because I think Europe are getting more exposure now with the sort of the since the you know 2004. I yeah. think possibly also, you know, thinking about it, when you were playing in Europe, you were getting, yeah. you know, in the days when you had that massive commercial success, I mean, um, as you say, you know, you mentioned bubblegum, and it was sort of pop rock, really, pomp rock, I think people call it,
2: yeah.
0: um, and I just wonder whether perhaps people missed the fact that you were such a splendid sort of soloist. And yeah. it, it, it sort of takes time for people to catch up with it really because I think, because I'm sure you'll tell me John, that you, you probably yeah. think you're playing better than you ever did would you oh, say yeah. that? I
2: mean right now
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's way better than, uh, than it was in the 80s for sure oh yeah, I mean you know the stuff I did in the 80s it was, was alright but that stuff I can I, I can do in my sleep now you know, now yeah. I have, I have uh, new challenges and I feel like I feel like I'm still learning all the time and that that's that's what's so much fun about it. You never uh, fully learned, you know. You always can improve and get better and better all the time. It's that kind of thing. It's that kind of instrument, you know. So it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. So it's a great thing, you know. I mean, I just keep working on it all the time and, and uh, coming up with new stuff. And but even though it's very based on the on on the blues, obviously, but uh, you know, I still have. I still think it's very important to have good melodies in uh, in a guitar solo and in songs. So I always try to keep it very melodic, mm. and not just try try to impress anybody by just being flashy or something like that. Which,
2: know? of course,
0: you yeah. can be if you want to be. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. I think
1: it's it, I think it's uh, you know has more impact if you just do it once in a while instead of, instead of doing it all the time. Then it gets a little more exciting. Just like wow, that it happens. You know. Here and there in, in 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 the songs and and so because I get very tired of this shred uh, guitar plays really quick you know it's just like oh man here we go again you know it's just about it just sounds like some um, they're doing some kind of uh, exercise or something you know a lot yeah. of them, you know it's just uh, really boring to listen to so I but so uh, so the the guitar plays that I really like and and that have influenced me are usually not you know. Shredders are really fast players at all. They always play with a lot of feeling and play with heart, heart and soul, you know. Yes. Which was Richard Blackmore and Michael Schenker and Gary Moore and people like that, you know. Even though they can be super fast and super flashy, they just do it when it's when it feels like it's right to do it, you know. That's always what I liked, you
0: know. Because I think I, what, what I find with you playing, game, I first saw you playing live um, quite recently, actually. It's when you toured the UK early in 2007, yeah. And uh, you opened the tour in Liverpool, you know, mentioned the Cavern, this is one of my local gigs here. Right. And um, I'd already heard the albums and you were promoting Secret Society, but I have yeah. to say, John, that of all the guitarists I've seen recently, and I suppose I'm talking the last ten years maybe... Yeah. I was just wanting those solos. You know, the songs are great. You know, the the the, yeah. the Europe songs. I'm sure people have said this to you, but when you crank in with your soloing, it's so well constructed and melodic. And h- how many bands can you say that? Really, it's like you never put a foot wrong. Really.
1: Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's always been my thing. You know, that's always been my style and my goal. And and uh, I always thought that you know, if if the solo doesn't have uh, some kind of uh, Um, melody to it uh, and uh, things uh, then it's
2: just not it's not that
1: exciting you know so we always Europe has always been a very melodic band and and so I I always try to think of good melodies that kind of kind of goes along with the vocals and stuff and then I put a couple of uh, fast runs in here and there you know and uh, but I also done songs where I'm just burning from the beginning to the end too if the song needs it you know if it feels right then yeah. I do it, you know,
2: so... It's all very t- it, it t- tastefully done.
1: What, it all depends on what the song needs and what fits the song. That's the most important thing, but I always, like I said, I always wanted to uh, try to, you know, put in some cool melodies in there, you know.
2: Yeah. Now,
0: some guitarists have um, popularized themselves through, um, you know, instructional videos, and especially via the Internet these days, but you you, so, you don't seem to have done that, John. I mean, have you ever released any sort of guitar tuition video or do you do workshops
1: at all no i never done that I ah. mean, I, i've gotten they the ask a bunch of times to do it yeah i mean I, I mean a young guitar in japan wanted me to do one i said like i'm not really i'm not really into that kind of thing i mean i I look at Michael Shank, and I look at Van Halen, I look at Richie but They didn't never done one.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Gary Moore has never done one. I'm I'm more. I think I'm more in that category, you know. Uh, but uh, and I'm not. I can't really sit there and, and explain a lot of things either because they just come. it just happen at the moment. It just happened. Uh, obviously the, the the melodies and everything are usually worked out in, in advance. But uh, some of the other stuff I just. Uh, I don't want to analyze it too much. You know? Oh, I know, yeah. I, I, I yeah. can't sit down and say, look at this. I can show you this scale and all that stuff. And it's like, it's just boring to me. <laughs> oh,
0: no, I know. You just like making the music, really. And it is time-consuming, yeah. that, isn't it? You, you know, it's. Um, y- you usually find also that the, the best teachers aren't necessarily the best players, are they, really? Yeah. You
2: yeah. know. This is true. <laughs> um, yeah, I've yeah. never... Uh,
1: I don't know. I never gotten into that uh, that thing, you know. And even when I've seen the, and watched the instructional videos by other guitar players, I just kind of just watch it for like 10 minutes and I just turn it off. It's just boring to me, you know. Hi, here I'm going to show you a, a pentatonic scale. <laughs> Here's the slow version. Here's the speeded speed up version. It's like, oh man, this no, this is, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> you know, there's so many videos out there, so so uh, the kids can learn from. From from other other guitars. <laughs> Yes. Because I, I I don't know what else uh, to do than that has already been done thousands of times. You know, you only have that many notes on the guitar. You know, so and so many scales. So it's you know I've seen like I said a bunch of instructional videos in in the past. It's a very very long time ago, but it just seems to be kind of repeats of the same thing. You know.
2: Yes.
1: Uh, here's a pentatonic scale, and here's a mixolydian scale, and here's a Diminished scale, and it's like,
2: well,
1: uh, younger did that when he was 17 years old,
0: you know. Yeah, it's out there, isn't it? That's what you're saying, really. But um, yeah. I think the other thing, I mean, as you're talking, John, what I'm thinking is that um, what you can't really teach, I suppose. You can teach all the technical stuff, but yeah. I mean, basically, tone and actual feel, and you know, that's just individual, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's, totally. it's, uh, and really, whilst you can hear your influences in a number of different players you know uh yeah. you know at the end of the day it, it's you isn't it and it's something you can't really probably teach at the end of the day you know
2: it's, no you can no,
0: approximate can. it you know but
1: yeah i mean I, be, I believe that the tone tone is in your fingers you yeah know? i mean you, you just uh you, you just sound the way you sound you know i mean mm. it's uh to me having a good vibrato and a and a great tone is is very important, and, uh, you know, I think uh, everybody pretty much, I can, everybody sounds different just because of the way they touch the string, and how hard they hit the string, and stuff like that, so just, I just kind of, I kind of just do what I do, and I'm, I'm happy with that, it's just, this is the way I am, and this is the way I sound, and. Just, I can hear it's me playing, and that's always a good thing, you know. Okay. And other people can too. So, mm. so obviously you're going to hear the influences in there. But I also hear the influences when I listen to Gary Moore. I hear a lot of, you know, Peter Green, early Peter Green, and uh, even though when he was playing the Strat, a lot of Jeff Beck, and so even those guys have, you know, uh, you know, learned from other players before them. Still, still you hear that. You know, it's still different, you know, th- just the way th- the touch and the tone of uh, the fingers and the way to put the emotion and everything into it. So. Uh,
0: and you practice a lot, John? You know, are you quite obsessive about practice
2: or, or you know? Yeah,
1: you know, I, I, in, in the past I used to do it for like, you know, all day long and all night long. Uh, now when I have children, I don't have that much time to do it. But uh, when he's at school in the daytime, my son Jake, Thomas. When he's at his school in the daytime, I usually try to put a couple of a couple of hours in there every day. I kept messing around with different guitars and different amps, and you know, trying out different pickups and uh, stuff. I love doing that. I try to improve the uh, try to improve the tone and the sound, and I'm always trying new things out, and it's just a lot of fun.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I love taking guitars apart and putting them back together with <laughs> all that kind of stuff. <laughs> So I got a big toolbox here that, is, uh, that I pretty much use almost every day.
2: <laughs> yes,
0: oh, that sounds yeah, great. Yeah, the, the, U- it. the Europe album, which you have uh, mentioned, and it comes out um, hopefully around about September, October. And
1: the new album, Last Look at Eden, too, is is, is very good and very guitar oriented and and kind of have really cool guitar riffs and and stuff. So and the keyboard has has uh, gotten a little bit more uh, space now on the new album because. Because our keyboard player, Mick Michele, he was, you know, he's, you can't hardly, you can't even hear him on the first, on Star From The Dark, you know, he was getting kind of a little bit frustrated and so we had a little more keyboards on Secret Society and now I think we actually, he's even a little bit more uh, up there, up on the, up in the front. But uh, it's just the sounds that he's using now is so much better than it was in the 80s, and so it's, it works out really good. You know, he used more of the distorted ham and organ kind of thing, and, you know, in the 80s it was more like the, the synthesizers, which I, I was never too happy with.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Because, of course, they can actually date the sound, can't they? That's the other thing. I mean, it's uh, yeah. you, you hear it and you think, oh, that's the 80s. So, uh yeah. I think yeah, I know exactly. what. Yeah. But so basically, if listeners um, like the last two albums, they're going to like this one, aren't they? Last Look at Eden.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it
0: doesn't definitely deviate definitely too sense. much from that template that you set up in 2004. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think this is the best sounding one we've done uh, so far, too. The sound on it is just incredible. Um, it's just uh, really totally blown away when I, when I got the CD and listened to it. It's like, wow, this is really, really cool. And you hear it, I mean, you, like I said before, you hear a lot of the our earlier influences now, like, um, you know, more like, uh, it's more bluesy, a little bit like early White Snake, uh, Deep Purple, that kind of thing. Yes. And then you also hear some, some uh, you know, like bands, like we like uh, Audio Slave a lot you know that's one of our favorite new new newer bands so we also had the first audio slave as a reference you know when we mixed this album we kept listening back to it because we loved the sound of that thing you know so it's kind of going more a little bit more in that style but you know but as soon as uh, joey sings and and uh then you hear you hear that it's europe and so it's not like we try to copy anybody else now, you know, we are... Our You've got your own sound. Yeah, we got our own sound, you know, so...
0: Now, what about, um? oh, producer of the new album? Who's producing it?
1: His name is uh, uh, Tobias Lindell.
0: Ah, right. I don't know how
1: to say that in English. Tobias? Tobias? It could be
0: Tobias, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: Tobias Lin- Lindell.
0: Have you used him before, John?
1: No, this no. is the first time, actually. He's mm. one of those newcomers. He's really good. Ah, uh, he co-produced it with us. Um, uh, the, the thing that he's most famous for here in Sweden, anyway, is that he's actually got a Grammy for, and uh, uh, is, uh, the band Mustache. It's kind of a funny name. They're a really good band, and they're very, they're very big here in, in 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 Sweden and Scandinavia. But I don't know how they do it outside. I'm not sure, but yeah. but they uh, they have done. You know, they got grammys for the best new band and the best new album and stuff like that last year so uh so our management just they knew this guy and they just kind of contacted him and asked him if he was interested in doing that europe album he was he was very into it and he knew about our other albums that we've done since the reunion and stuff so it worked out really good he's done really really good really good guy and a really good engineer too as well
0: oh that's good because I mean he's working with guys who are ex- so experienced I mean you've produced your own albums and you've obviously got a, yeah. a really great idea about how you want it to sound so it, it must be quite yeah. an interesting process that mustn't it when someone comes in and uh, I suppose you do get a different perception don't you a different perspective
2: yeah, you,
1: you know, we wanted to uh, bring some new blood in, and, and he's only 34 years old. So the first, uh, the first thing I was thinking when when mentioned him was like, no, he's way too young. You know, I mean, I've done like over 30 albums, and how many has he done? Like five. Yeah. I like, uh, I don't want to have some kid here producing me when I've done so much success. Exactly. produce so, so much stuff myself. Yeah. So, so it was never a question of that he was going to do it by himself. So it actually says. Uh, produced by tobias and europe
0: and europe that's always so
1: right. a co-producing thing so we all have you know put our stuff in there you know so yeah but uh but i actually he came up with he had some really new fresh ideas and you know he, he he was really good get ready to rock radio
0: you're working on a solo album yeah actually
1: yeah. it's been done it's been done for a long time done for for about a year yeah. Then we had a uh, had a tragedy in the family. I,
0: I understand that fully. Yes,
1: yeah. So I, I just put that put on, put that aside, you know, long time because I just didn't feel like doing anything. So no, you, you now it's it's all ready to come out uh, any day now. So Oh,
0: yeah. that's great.
2: Yeah. I, I
0: suppose you've got to be a bit careful, haven't you, that it doesn't um, clash with the Europe release. It's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's all exactly. timing, isn't it, really? yeah
1: yeah so i I don't know what the the plan is right now for a mascot they haven't given me a release date now, but everything is done uh, the cover is done and all that stuff so it's a really it's a really cool cover too you know yeah uh, it's it's um the album's gonna call because it's a very bluesy album so it's gonna be called the play yard blues and uh it's also one of the songs on the album and it's actually my son, which is four, he's four years old now. It's him and me on the cover, playing, jamming together, playing guitar together. <laughs> Do you think
0: he's going to be another John Norum?
1: <laughs> well, people uh, must ask you that, really. Well, I um, I hope so. I mean, I hope um, that he he has shows a lot of. Um, interest in, in guitar playing right now he has three guitars right now he has uh, one acoustic guitar and one like the miniature Les Paul which was given to me in Japan when we were there on tour and stuff the, that's the Les Paul he's actually he has on the cover and uh, so he shows a lot of interest and he's always sitting around you know playing but
2: obviously I mean his
1: fingers he's only four years old so he's, always, he's having a hard time reaching and uh, stuff but you know he's 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 getting it down so he's because he got, it, he got it from me and from his mom, too. So he had yes. it in, in his jeans, you know.
0: Well, look, John, all the very best with this new album. And uh, we'll be watching your solo album with interest as well when that
2: comes out. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Um, thank and thank you for talking to Get Ready to Rock. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you.